Hi guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Nick Egan Times. We have an awesome guest. We have Gus Farrot, who was a former professional athlete who played in the NFL as a quarterback. During his professional playing days in the NFL, Gus has played in the Pro Bowl and has had an amazing career in the NFL. Gus played in the NFL for 15 years uh, with several teams, which included the Detroit Lions, Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and the St. Louis Rams. Gus threw in his NFL career for 21,291 yards in his illustrious career, and Gus has his own NFL-based podcast running called Huddle Up with Gus. Thanks, Gus, for joining the podcast, and welcome. Yeah, Nick, thanks for having me on. You know, it's kind of funny when you talk about the yards that I've thrown through. I think Tom Brady does that like every six years. I know, he's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> How's it all going over there? How's life? Life is good. It's uh, been great. You know, uh, podcasting has been a lot of fun. I've been able to interview a lot of people and kind of get to know them. Uh, people that I, I've known, people that I, I know from seeing them out there, and then um, just people that I've never met before that have been coming on the show, and I get to ask them a lot of crazy questions. That's amazing. Um, let's jump straight into it. I bet you're excited for the upcoming Super Bowl. Talk about that, and who do you think is going to win that? Um, you know, if you'd asked me last week before the games, I would have had the Packers going. But, uh, you know, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers went up there and surprised everyone. Um, I don't know if it was as much as the, the Buccaneers as playing well or the, uh, the you know, Packers playing poorly. But uh, I really think for the Super Bowl, that if we go into this game, uh, I think that uh, the Chiefs are going to end up winning, but I think it's going to be a heck of a game because you can never count Tom Brady out. But I think that uh, what um, the Buccaneers have done is amazing, uh, getting to that team, bringing all the new people in. But I think the Chiefs are just such a train right now. They're just rolling over people, and, and they're just going to have an incredible game plan. And they've been there before. Um, and so I think they're really going to understand how to go out and win. But it's going to be a great game. You know, Buccaneers have the number one run defense in the NFL. So uh, I look for a great game, but I see the Chiefs ultimately winning. Terrific. All right. For the listeners here in Australia and across the world, uh, who is Gus Farrar? Uh Who am I? Let's see. I grew up in a little small town in Pennsylvania. Uh, end up going to the University of Tulsa on a football scholarship, um, you know, and then really never thought I was going to make the NFL and, and then was invited to the NFL Combine and uh, got to the NFL uh, by being a, a good college player, you know, and then people, coaches seeing that I had a strong arm. And then, you know, met my wife in college. Uh, we've been together ever since. And uh, so we've been married 26 years coming up February 1st. And who am I? I'm a dad. I have three great kids who are, um, two are out of college, one still in college, and uh, um, a husband with a great wife, and I'm um, a former football player that played in the NFL for 15 years, uh, created some incredible memories and some incredible relationships. So I'm just your average Joe who likes to cut his grass on his John Deere. I think you're very modest. Um Congratulations, obviously, on being with your wife for such a long period of time. That's amazing. Uh, massive respect for you there. Um, tell me about your family. So how are they all doing? How's it, obviously, with the pandemic that's happened, how's that all um, transpired for you in life recently, obviously? 
Well, you know, here in the States, it was a little different. Uh, I think we kind of handled things a little differently than most countries. But, uh, uh, you know, it was good. You know, actually, we got to be together for a long time, got to bring the kids home. We didn't think they would be back home like they are, you know, ever again. And here through this, through everything that's happened, my son was going to he graduated from William & Mary. Um, he was going to go coach at a college. Uh, they canceled their whole season. So he kind of moved back in home. Uh, he's waiting to get another job here for the spring. Uh, my younger son, Gabe, is graduating from Delaware this year. And my oldest daughter was home for a while. She uh, is at the University of Pennsylvania and going through vet school. She just became a doctor of veterinary medicine. And so we're really proud of her. But, uh, you know, the pandemic was crazy. I'm going a little stir crazy because I've been home for a long time <laughs> where I usually travel all the haunts I like to go to. Uh, they're not really open. And, um, you know, it's not like you're just going to go anymore and 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 pull up at the corner and, and have a couple uh, beers anymore. So I'm waiting for that to come back so I can go back out and do that with my buddies. Well, congratulations and obviously everything with your family as well there. Uh, let's go back. Talk to me about how it was growing up and um, – playing football in high school. I believe you played with a broken foot or something when you were younger. Well, there's a couple stories. So when I was in eighth grade, um, I was really kind of new to football. And my dad bought me cleats. Well, we didn't have any money. He was a mill guy. Um, and he bought me a new pair of cleats. I came home from the first practice. Said, dad, my foot really hurts. And he basically said, you'll be okay. Just tie your shoe tighter. So I played all year with a broken foot and a really tight shoe. Um, and then going into my ninth grade year, into two-a-days, that's what we called practice before the season started, um, I went in and tackled somebody with my head down, and I ended up um, crushing the fourth vertebrae in my neck. So when I crushed the fourth vertebrae in my neck, I was pretty much done. thought I would never play football again in ninth grade. My mom was actually working at the emergency room that I went to, and she didn't know I was coming in. She just knew it was some high school kid. So she was working in there, uh, went through that for two years, um, didn't want to play. Uh, actually, my wife's father was the new high school head coach at my high school, convinced me to come back out and just hang out for a little bit. And then eventually, you know, got warmed up to, um, and figured that I'm, I'm fully healthy, back together. And so I ended up playing high school football for two years, ended up being a quarterback. Um, we ran a wing T offense, which is basically you run the ball every time. Uh, we, you know, it's not like today these kids are throwing it from the age of five on up. Um, I really, really didn't learn how to throw the football until I got to college. So high school career was great. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Friday Night Lights is awesome. But other than that, uh, you know, learned a lot more about how to be a quarterback when I got to college. That's quite inspiring, obviously. I mean, you endured to obviously making it through all the way within the last year's career in the NFL. How was it going to the University of Tulsa? Tulsa was great. You know, uh, we had, it was a thousand miles from where I grew up, uh, but we had a contingent of Western Pennsylvania football players there. Uh, we had a coach who was from this area that recruited our area. And so it made it really nice that uh, you didn't feel that far away from home. Like, because uh, in Oklahoma, they have a different uh, dialect kind of than they do in Western Pennsylvania. You know, we say yins and and a lot of other words they don't say in Oklahoma uh, and they have their own little twang they put on things. So it was great having our own little group. It kept you feeling like you were back home. Um, and so it was a great experience. I mean, our team, uh, Tulsa isn't the top 
one of the top major schools. Uh, but we played an amazing schedule. And I just loved playing the game. I didn't care. Like a lot of times I wanted to win always, but a lot of times it didn't matter if we won or lost. I just had so much fun playing the game. And, and going out and throwing the football 40 times a game was just so much fun to me. When you were there, when did it start to become apparent that obviously you were going to turn professional? And you know how obviously you have the draft process and getting drafted. What was that like? And did you, did you, when did it start to become a reality that you knew you were going to go into become a professional athlete? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I was a fifth year senior and uh, played my senior year. Um, but through that senior year, my wife was back in Pittsburgh. Well, she was my girlfriend then. And um, I actually, sent an, an internship request to the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was like my favorite team ever. And they replied to me and said, we'd love to have you intern with us. And so I actually moved back after, after the holidays that year and moved back home to Pittsburgh and interned with the Pittsburgh Pirates my senior year. And so I didn't have a normal process like a lot of guys would have where you're at college, the, the scouts come in to see you, you work out with your teammates. I didn't have that process. So I didn't, kind of have the normal way of going about getting to the NFL. And then I went to the combine and that's where a lot of coaches got to see me for the first time. Uh, they saw what I could do. Then they started coming to Pittsburgh and I I'm telling you, I worked out in fields, not, not football fields, just fields, uh, wherever I had to throw for a scout or a coach, um, I would do it. Uh, so sometimes it was at three river stadium. Sometimes it was at the university of Pittsburgh. Sometimes it was just in a field, where I put cones up and I just had some guy that couldn't catch run routes for me. So it was a crazy process. And then being able to be drafted by the Washington football team in the seventh round was amazing um, and felt really lucky. Incredible. And it's inspiring, obviously, all your hard work paid dividends. So, yeah, congratulations on that as well. Thank you. Um, what is your favorite um, team in the NFL that you have? My favorite team that I played for? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I still have a lot of affection for the Washington football team because they drafted me, and I still follow them very close. Um, but, you know, when I played for Denver, when I played for Minnesota, those were great cities, great places to play. My kids had a great time there. I loved playing in Miami. It was really hard. I was a lot older. I was 35 years old. And so to go down there and accomplish some of the things we did in Miami was was great. Um the Rams, I was kind of more of a backup, didn't play as much. Uh, the Bengals was a very tough year. So I would say Washington, Denver, and Minnesota were probably my top three teams that I wrote in cities that I love playing for. Uh, cool. You threw a pass, 99-yard touchdown, which is obviously part of NFL history. It's tied, I believe, currently. Talk me through that. And that's just amazing, incredible to be able to achieve something like that and do that. Well, and... and Plus, it was in my last year, right? I was 15th year in the league. Um, you know, I think of my good friend Ryan Fitzpatrick, who keeps making incredible plays, and he's been playing 16 years. But my 15th year in the league, our defense has a four, uh, you know, a goal line stand that's fourth and goal to go at the one inch line, and they hold the Bears. They don't score. Um, I get to play from the coach, and he's like, "Okay, we're just going to have send everybody deep. It's called 9.99 F seam or all go." And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. I've been waiting a long time to get this call out of the end zone. So we call it. Everybody's fired up. They play a great, you know, they play their defense. They think we're going to run the ball with Adrian Peterson. Uh, we end up dropping back. They're in cover three. 
their cornerback cheats towards the um, tight end running down the seam, kind of looking that way. And I throw it over his head to Bernard Berrien running down the sideline. And, you know, I'm throwing it from six yards deep in the end zone. And Bernard catches it at about the 45, runs it the rest of the way in. And that's probably the longest I've ever sprinted on an NFL uh, in an NFL game, right, on the football field. Like, you do your sprints in practice, but during a game, I probably never run that much. Um, I wasn't known as a runner during <laughs> games. But, so from end zone to end zone, and, you know, to have the fans in Minnesota, we're playing somebody that's in our division. Uh, it's a big rival. Um, and we, we, we throw a pass like that, and the place is just erupting. 80,000 people going crazy. Um, it's an experience that I'll never forget. And I think for that moment for me, even though it's not like, you know, obviously winning a Super Bowl or doing something like that is amazing and special. But for me, that just that moment of all the years I've had in the NFL to do something like that, I went and got a picture of that play from the end zone and um, got everybody that was on the field with me to sign it. And I gave everybody that was on the field with me one of those pictures I had them framed and it was just one of my favorite things that ever happened to me. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. And that's really obviously generous to give it to all your teammates and that's going to be worth a dollar in the future. That's for sure. So yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I'll trade you for a beer for one. So yeah, well, we're going to go for a beer one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tell me, um, generally speaking, where, where do you see the NFL headed um, going into the future? Well, you know, a lot of people want to talk about they've changed the rules. Um, the game isn't what it used to be. But then you watch the game. I think guys are still getting hurt at the same rate that they always have, right? And um, it's still a hard, tough, physical game. Uh, and you know, they want to protect players. They want to keep them healthy because you want your stars on the field. You know, that's what brings the fans to the game. So I think the NFL has done a really good job of trying to be safe and protect the players, but also kind of keep the integrity of the game. Now, some of the old school guys that played in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, where there weren't as many rules, right? Those guys are always complained, but they're the ones that paved the way for us to get to this point. I think some of the things that the NFL has done um, have kind of been a detriment where they've taken us away from practice time in the offseason and things like that. And sometimes I think they're learning that that doesn't produce as good a product. But I think the NFL is growing. Um, and the part that I really want to help with is, is keeping the kids to stay in the game. And we want to be able to interact with kids when they're younger because I think a lot of kids play football when they're young and have a bad experience with a coach or something happens to them, and they leave the game. Uh, we want them to stay in the game. Uh, you know, I think the football is the least played sports by all the kids in our country, but it's probably the most watched sports by everyone in our country. So we want more people to stay in the game so that we create more fans. That's great insights. What, what are your thoughts on the growth of the NFL internationally? So other countries like, for example, even Australia, um, do you see the growth of that obviously coming out, becoming bigger? Yeah, so we're creating some camps right now. Um, we have a company, um, we're going to be calling it First in 10, where we create some certified coaching. So we really teach people how to work with kids and really give them um, 
the skill sets to go out and run camps. And then what we want to do is take that internationally because we know internationally, a lot of times to work with kids, you have to be certified. Um, parents want to see that certification so they know that they can trust, they feel safe that their kids are out there working with professionals. Um, even though we're professional football players, there's a whole other aspect of coaching and dealing with kids that you need to learn. And so that's what we want to do. We want to create good skill sets for all our coaches here so that when we do go international, that people feel safe. And, and you know, we'll probably have to really work on, you know, breaking some of those barriers, some of the, the rules that are normal here in the United States that aren't normal in other countries, say Australia. But I think the game of football is exciting. And I can't wait for it to get bigger internationally because we're probably missing some incredible athletes to play the game from all over the world. Yeah, just from my standpoint, um, I know it's popular here, like everyone watches it, especially the Super Bowl, that's obviously upcoming. So yeah, it's quite it's quite a popular sport watching it over in the States. So there's, I believe there's definitely a lot of growth for it uh, all over the world. Have you done much traveling? Yeah. Have you done much traveling internationally or within America? I've obviously playing the several teams. Uh, I mean, I've traveled a lot in America. I haven't done a lot of internationally, uh, international travel. Um, that's one thing that my wife and I definitely want to do after we kind of really retire. I've retired from the game, but I do other things. But uh, once we really retire, we want to travel more internationally. Once we know our kids are kind of set, they're, they're, they're doing well, we want to be able to leave and, and just go all over and see things we've never seen before. Awesome. Where's your favorite place in the States to vacation and travel to? Um, it all depends on, you know, what, what your kind of mood is. I mean, we love going to the country sometimes and just being by a stream and being in a cabin and putting a, you know, putting a fire on and sitting by that all night and having some cold ones. Uh, also love going to the beach in the summer. Uh, we go to, we go to Jersey shore. We go to Cape May. Um, we love going there and, and just, you know, sitting on the beach for a week and, and taking a break, but then going skiing too. We, I mean, we lived in Denver, so we had that opportunity to meet a lot of people out there and, and go up to the Rocky mountains and being able to go skiing. So it's kind of what all you want to do. We don't do everything all the time. We just try to kind of figure it out when we want to go and, and, you know, it's just good to get away for a week or so and, and, and relax a little bit. Awesome. Uh, what are your interests and hobbies away from obviously everything in your busy schedule that you like to do just in your downtime and relax? Yeah, so um, I love to golf. Yeah. And um, lately, what I miss and need to go back to is fishing. I've always loved, I grew up fishing and just loved it. Uh, and I actually, in the last few years, got my wife into fly fishing. So we would definitely want to do that a little more. Um, but she's an animal lover, so even when she catches a trout or a fish, she cries. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of funny. I'm like, we're going to put it back. We're not going to eat it. So we're going to catch and release. She goes, I know, but it has a hook in its mouth. So we do that. And then um, something I really love to do is uh, with my sons, we've been collecting cards. And so um, we collect uh, basketball and football cards. I collect old vintage baseball cards. I'm trying to kind of go gravitate to more what they want to do, but we collect cards and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so we've been collecting my friend Ryan Fitzpatrick and they call it a rainbow when you kind of have one card, but there's all these different parallels of it. And um, so we've been collecting his and there was a card. It's funny that was only available from Australia. That was his card. So the card was like $3 
but the shipping from Australia was like $25. And we're like, ah, we'll wait till another one comes out. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. If Gus was 18 again, if you could go back in time, is there anything you would tell yourself or you, and you could do differently? Would you do it? Yeah, I would definitely go back in time and teach myself how to manage money a lot better and to, to be kind of more frugal and understand what that means. Right. Um, when you grow up without money, those, I mean, you, you understand that, you know, you got to pinch some pennies and things like that. But all of a sudden when you're 24 and you're making a lot of money, you're really excited. And uh, sometimes you don't think about the future. Um, so when you're 50, like I'm going to be 50, like um, I always think back to, man, we shouldn't have that crazy one-year-old birthday party, right? Uh-huh. We should just, we just should have just had a cake and put a happy birthday sign up. But um, that's just living and learning, right? And if I think if I could go back and tell myself at 18, what would you do? I would just tell him like, hey, you know, listen to the people that have come before you. They're going to give you some great advice and, uh, you know, and take heed. Awesome. Great insights. Um, Gus, thank you um, for your time and coming on the podcast. I do appreciate it. I know you're really busy. I wish you and obviously your awesome podcast all the success in 2021 and everything, the amazing things you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry I was a little late, but, uh, you know, when you share it, if you can share it uh, wherever you share it, on I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Gus Farratt. Uh, you can find our podcast uh, at Huddle Up With Gus on all the same things, or people can go to my website, huddleupwithgus.com, and check out all the stuff I'm doing on there as well. Um, and uh, so, it, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, you can find the show, huddleupwithgus.com. Um, I'll have Ron Jaworski coming up, uh, interviewing him tomorrow. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, Jaws is a great old quarterback from Philadelphia, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Sounds exciting. I'll be listening. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Nick. Thank you for having me on. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Yeah.